on this episode, episode of JR the P. Now, I have something I would like to speak about here, and I don't want to, you know, press down on the pedal on this one, but hey, you can't let off the gas. These motherfuckers are going hog wild in society these days. You know, spectrum people, LGBTQ plus and beyond, to infinity and beyond, and to nowhere in particular. These mental patients, they're everywhere. And like I said, while I don't want to harp on it and put the pedal to the metal, you gotta speak up in these times. I mean, they're straight up bullies. Justin Trudeau and family vacation in BC following separation news. And again, during these times, folks, it's, it's very important that we, you know, show respect and show care and understanding. I mean, it ain't easy going through a divorce. And, you know, he was the Prime Minister, is the Prime Minister of Canada. Hopefully was. Hopefully he was the Prime Minister of Canada very soon. But as it sits, he is the Prime Minister. So we should show some level of respect. Montgomery, Alabama. Riverboat brawl. This, uh... Boat co-captain, Damien Pickett, he was a co-captain of the Harriet II riverboat carrying over 200 passengers. A much smaller pontoon boat was wrongfully docked in the Harriet II's designated space. The occupiers of the pontoon boat were white men, and instead of moving their pontoon, they decided to hit Mr. Pickett. Violence erupted. Roughly two dozen people joined the fight. Three men and one woman have been arrested. They've turned themselves in. A fifth person, a man seen wielding a chair in the video, has been called in by police. Montgomery police so far have said they do not believe the incident was racially motivated. No hate crime related charges or riot charges are expected, although the investigation is ongoing. Court documents show that an eyewitness, the white mother of a teenage boy working alongside the co-captain, reported hearing the men use racial slurs moments before launching the attack. Wagwan, what's happening y'all? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent August 12th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Oh, hey, folks. How you doing? Now, I have something I would like to speak about here, and I don't want to, you know, press down on the pedal on this one, but hey, you can't let off the gas. These motherfuckers are going hog wild in society these days. You know, spectrum people, LGBTQ plus and beyond, to infinity and beyond, and to nowhere in particular. These mental patients, they're everywhere. And like I said, while I don't want to harp on it and put the pedal to the metal, you gotta speak up in these times. I mean... They're straight-up bullies. If you dip back into the lexicon of Jonathan Ramtra and the podcast, I did a little segment um, 
I entitled it. I forget what I entitled it, actually, but it was something along the lines of comedian makes fun of homosexual people. Oh, yeah. Comedian donates his slash her slash him. Those are my pronouns, by the way. My pronouns of choice. Him, his, her. Comedian donates him, his, her. Um, Actually, those are my pronouns on the podcast. I mean, I'll fucking knock you in the face if you call me a her in public. But, I mean, while I'm on the podcast, on camera, you can call me a her. I don't give a shit. Comment. Fucked up video. Shitty video. Her. You know, you can do that on my comments on the, my on my channel, but, you know, you call me that in public, might be a different problem, boy. But anyway, um, you know, those are my camera pronouns, him, his, her. Anyways, I, I made a video called Comedian Donates His, Him, and Her Time to Making Fun of Homosexuals. And in that little video, I go into how, you know, A lot of gay dudes are getting a little fresh, you know, a little fresh, a little too familiar in this day and age, mincing about, hitting on every fucking swinging dick, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that they come across, you know? Quite disturbing. As a young man in this society, you know, women hate us, and, you know, gay lords are out there preying upon every dude they can get, right? Motivated by sexual perversions and lust. Well... This is a follow-up, and I want to speak about the bullying that happens a lot of time in these LGBTQ plus and beyond communities, and to nowhere in particular. LGBTQ plus and beyond, and to nowhere in particular, is where these people are going. But they're bullies, man. Like, check this. Like, look, my point has been this. I'm a man of faith, you know, I believe in Christ, I believe in God, I'm a Christian, and in my belief system, um, which you may or may not have to adopt, you can't deny the common sense that human beings that are ruled by lust, and they live a wastrel lifestyle, getting drunk, getting high, sleeping around, these type of people are going down the wrong path. So, in my heathen days, I was a drunkard. I was a drinker. Now, you can call me an alcoholic if you want to, but I don't identify that way. But you can call me an alcoholic for argument's sake. For argument's sake, call me an alcoholic. So, in them days, I was getting drunk, I was smoking weed, and I was chasing women. I was consumed consumed by my lust, you know? It was just all-encompassing, and it was just so a part of my being. And oftentimes, it would really turn a woman off. You know, like, they can see it. A lot of women, they can see it when you're full of sexual perversion, lust, and confusion. So a lot of times, a lot of women would be standoffish. And in the bright light of day, now that I am awake and overcoming, I see that. I see that it was wrong. And also as a drunkard, I see that it was wrong. I was blind, now I see. Right? And it's not that when I see these type of people, men like myself that are drunkards or they're into drugs or they're into promiscuous sex with women. It's not that I hate them. 
It's not that I judge them. I just see that I was once like them. And I see that they are blind and I see that they are doing wrong. No matter how you slice it, they're doing wrong. It's common sense. You know what I mean? It's not a loving, love thy neighbor way to live life. To be going around drunk high and chasing after whatever sexual acquisitions you can get your hands on. You know what I mean? It's a low life way to live. Similarly, when I see in them homosexual LGBTQ plus societies, same thing, driven by lust, sexual confusion. You know? Their, their whole being. So like, as a straight dude, when I get around these types, yo, know, I don't hate them. I don't judge them. I see that they're the same. I look at a spectrum LGBTQ plus and beyond and into nowhere particular. I see these people as the same as I would see a drug addict or an alcoholic or a straight man with sexual lust. I put them in the same category. It's like your being is kind of perverted. Your whole aura is kind of perverted. So you can't help but notice these things, right? So like earlier today, I was at the grocery store and this happens quite a bit. I see this spectrum person walking up on me at first glance. Is that a woman? No, that ain't no woman. What is that? I see a mustache. The old fucking quadruple take. You know, what the fuck is that, right? As if it's my fault. It's clear as day. It's like, is that a dude in a wig? What am I fucking dumb? Ain't no dummy. Right? So it's like, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, it's obvious. What, you're going to blame me and call me wrong and insensitive and this, that, and the other for, for noticing the obvious? That's a dude in a wig. So some dude in a wig like is like walking around near me, right? I'm just like, and I don't hate him or her. And I'm not judging. And I too was in my lust chasing after women. So I understand he, him, or her, or whatever is into his or her lusts, sexual perversions. I get it. One's no better than the other. If you're like a heterosexual dude consumed by sex, or if you're a spectrum LGBTQ plus and beyond into a particular person consumed by your lust, it's all wrong in the end. So it's like, I ain't judging, I ain't hating, it's just Why would I want to be around that? So it's like, kind of creeps me out. It's the same thing as if like, you know, sometimes women, they get a little testy when they're around a red-blooded male such as myself. They see some dude like me walking up, they get a little apprehensive. They're aware that a lot of men are out there just to, you know smash, hit it, and quit it, you know? They know a lot of dudes are like that. So when they see a red-blooded male such as myself come a-walking up, they get a little, like, and they look away. You know, a lot of times they snap their neck and look away. (laughs) Sure, it's a little judgmental on their part, as if I'm some feral animal who can't control his urges, though I once was, but um, consensually. Um, though I was a consensual feral animal at one point, like, um, it is a little judgmental for them to snap their head and look away, but 
I ain't gonna like judge him for it. Okay, so some random woman is a little uncomfortable around me. I'll give her her space. Whatever. She don't want to look at me? You don't have to look at me. Whatever. And I go about my business. Do you see that point? A heterosexual woman, knowing that myself, a red-blooded heterosexual man, might want something out of her sexually or some sort of gain that I'm trying to get on her. She turns her head away and moves away. Somewhat of a judgment on me. Do you see that point? And myself, I notice and I let it go. Because that's the decent, normal thing to do. Okay, she's a little testy around me. Let it go. She has the right to go and be wherever she wants to be. She didn't do nothing wrong, whatever. She wants to stomp off in that direction. Then happy trails, honey. Let her go. Do you see that point? Conversely, as a red-blooded heterosexual male such as myself, sometimes I will bump into these, you know, like I said, like that dude in the wig. I see some dude in a wig. Obviously, I notice. And I look away. And I just... I don't say anything. I don't... You know, I give them him, her, his, or whatever. I give his, hism, hism, her, hism, their space. Yet, what I've noticed a lot of these LGBTQ plus and beyond bullies do, they notice that I am not wanting to be in their orbit, so then they stomp up right next to me. This his, him, or her, hism person came and stood right in front of me. I gave the person a lot of space, especially <coughs> post-COVID. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be giving people space? Six feet distance. Gave them their space. Yet this, his, him, or her, <clears throat> had to come stomp up and stand right in front of me. A bully tactic. Standing her, his, him, him, his, him, his, him her, standing the ground and standing in front of me. Walking up on me like a dummy. Wasn't it Mike Tyson that said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You know. Didn't Mike Tyson say something along them lines, boy? You know? Like, I understand that. We're living in a day and age where people are angry and out of control. Um, Mass shooters. All sorts of violence and degradation in society. So, yo, as an adult, don't you know it in your mind that when you stomp up next to a person like a dummy, when you're up in their space like an idiot, you're asking for a in the face? This dummy's all up in my fucking space, right? I'm just like, bully tactic. Yo, don't get mad at me because I notice that you're a dude in a wig and it's weird and why would I want to have anything to do with that? And I'm the object of your affection. I mean, what's this guy doing wearing this beautiful wig to attract a woman? <laughs> no. To go out there and get some perversual, you know, LGBTQ plus and beyond and to nowhere particular sex. And I'm the victim. His, I'm, I'm, I'm one of his potential victims or his or her, her, his, him or her. I'm one of their potential victims. 
I see him eyeing me up or him or her or whatever the hell that is, the dude in a dress, you know, guy in a wig. I see him or her eyeing me up, you know. I'm a potential victim. Do you see the do you see the parallel? Do you see the parallel? A heterosexual woman sees a heterosexual man, such as myself, feels a little uncomfortable, turns away. I notice this, and I give the woman her space. This LGBTQ plus and beyond and to nowhere in particular person sees me a little uncomfortable, giving him, his, or her their space. What do they do? Come stomp up right next to me. Bully tactic. Because it's common sense to know, yo, you get up in somebody's face, you get up in somebody's space, it's liable to happen. What the fuck's this dummy doing walking up on me? Happens a lot. These LGBTQ plus and beyond and to nowhere in particular bullies. So there, I said my piece. And you know, a lot of times when people do um, podcast, uh, podcast and content creation and they put it on the internet and they go, well, somebody's going to chop this up and take it out of context. Take it however the fuck you want to take it. All right? I'm sick of this lily-livered little fucking way of life where you can't say the truth. Take it however the fuck you want to take it. All right? Yeah, I said it. I don't hate these people. I don't disrespect these people. I don't judge these people. Matter of fact, I was very much like these people, LGBTQ+. Very much like those people. I was caught up in my sexual perversions and lusts. I would do anything to get with a woman. I would be drunk and act inappropriately and talk at a woman and have delusions in my mind of what women want and what then that women want me however I present myself to them. Yeah, of course a woman would want me to come over to her drunk and talk to her. Of course she would. She's dying for me to come over there and bother her. I would have those delusions in my mind, much as a lot of these LGBTQ plus and beyond people have it in their mind, a delusion that, yo, a normal red-blooded male such as myself should accept and be comfortable around some dude in a dress wearing a wig walking around like a mental patient. It ain't normal. Go on and be how you are. Keep it out of my face. Why you gotta stomp up on me like a dummy? Come on, stomp up on me like a dummy, like an idiot walking up on me. Throwing their weight around like a bully. So yo, take it in context, out of context, however you want to take it. I don't give a shit. I said it, and I love them anyways. I'm very much the same. That's why it's so important that we seek to overcome our problems in life. Not to put a wig on it or put a dress on it or bury it in the closet and hope it goes away. Or take it out of the closet and parade it around as if, as if it's something to hold up like a trophy. We're supposed to overcome our problems in life, not submit to them. Hallelujah. If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast, that is, this is a show where I gob, gab, squawk, and blab about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. Yeah. Um, the show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Um, yeah, those are the main ones. Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, Janathan, pronounced Janathan, janathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. Yes. Quick sip of tea, boss. Don't mind me, boss. It never ends, does it? Justin Trudeau. Hi, everyone. Hi, Justin Trudeau. I wear blackface. I steal from charities. Deo, me say deo. Daylight come and me one go home. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Hi. I pretend to be gay just to get votes. Quick everyone, quick everyone. The truckers are coming. The truckers are coming. Quick everybody, quick everybody. Hide, hide into the sewer. Into the sewer. Justin Trudeau. Fucking mimbo. Cupcake Mimbo. This dildo stop. This dildo doorknob doorstop. He's getting divorced. And yes, I know the obvious joke is hey, how come Madame Trudeau gets to divorce this dickhead and we're stuck with him for God knows when? You know, I mean, that's the obvious thing, right? But it's true. How much longer must Canada suffer with this ignoramus? And his own family don't want his dumb ass. Now, 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 now. I know divorce is a touchy thing. And, you know, as I am a traditional type of a man, I believe in family. So, yo. <laughs> you know, it's... Sometimes we lose sight of um, the humanity of a situation, you know. I wish him nothing well, Justin Trudeau, um, with his family life. And, you know, it truly is a tough situation. So here's a quick article about the latest. The Prime Minister of Canada going through a divorce, right? So here's an article. This is an article from the cbc.ca. Oh, actually, no, globalnews.ca. Justin Trudeau and family vacation in BC following separation news. And again, during these times, folks, it's, it's very important that we, you know, show respect and show care and understanding. I mean, it ain't easy going through a divorce. And, you know, he was the Prime Minister, is the Prime Minister of Canada. Hopefully was. 
Hopefully he was the Prime Minister of Canada very soon. But as it sits, he is the Prime Minister. So we should show some level of respect. Justin Trudeau and family vacation in BC following separation news. Separatist right to the heart. Le Bleu Québécois. Justin Trudeau and his family are vacationing in British Columbia for just over a week, the Prime Minister's office says. The PMO is not specifying where they will be staying, but says they are set to return to Ottawa on August 18th. Trudeau and his wife of 18 years, Sophie Quegois Trudeau, announced last week that they are separating, but they still plan to spend time together as a family. They also asked for privacy for the well-being of their three children. I mean, please folks, be a little bit more mature than most people and give these people the decency of privacy during these tough times. The Prime Minister's office says it consulted with the Ethics Commissioner about the trip and that the Trudeaus are paying for their own stay. Well, about time they pay for their own fucking way. You know what I mean? These dummies seem to, you know, they're notorious for going on vacation on the taxpayer dime, aren't they? But hey, during these times, they're working things out, they're going for on vacation on their own dime. Give them their privacy. Give them their respect. I mean, just because Justin Trudeau's a swarmy little punk-ass bitch that, you know, ran that game the way he did on the Freedom Convoy 2022 is no reason to disrespect the man during these times. He's going through a very critical, critical um, moment in his life. And, um, you know, I wish him all the best, you know. The Prime Minister travels on a Royal Canadian Air Force plane for security reasons, even for personal travel. You know, when he's attending them, you know, LGBTQ plus and beyond and to nowhere in particular rallies, or when he's, you know, femsplaining, mansplaining, you know, the Prime Minister of Italy, or when he's acting like a dickhead in front of the Korean, you know, media, South Korean media during, you know, the G7 summit. Like, whatever affair this dummy you know, is a present act, he flies on the Canadian Air Force plane for security reasons, even for personal travel. But I guess he pays for that? How much does it cost to fill up a tank of a plane? But apparently he pays for it out of his own pocket. Trudeau violated conflict of interest rules in 2016 when he took a vacation to the Aga Khan's private island in the Bahamas and his office says he consults the ethic commissioner ahead of personal travel to ensure it follows guidelines. Yeah. So that's Justine Trudeau for you. In the midst of a divorce, um, you know, on his way to wherever, to, uh, you know, have some family time. So, you know, anyways, God bless Justin Trudeau. All the best to you, buddy. And hopefully when you get back from your vacation, you finally fuck off and, you know, resign. It's about time. We're sick of you. At least I am. Justin Trudeau. Anyway, quick sip of tea, boss. Don't mind me, boss.
Hmm. So, this is a new story that, um, ooh, it's hot. This is a new story that, um, wow, has kind of garnered a lot of attention and kind of got a lot of elements to it. So, you know, let's dip into this one. Montgomery, Alabama, Riverboat Brawl. Sitting on a riverboat, having a party, me and my Cajun queen. Do -do -do -do, wheels go round, cocaine kisses and moonshine misses. That's the life for me. Do -do -do. I'm sailing away from my heartache. On a riverboat fantasy. Cocaine kisses, moonshine misses. On a riverboat fantasy. Yeah, the Montgomery, Alabama riverboat brawl. This is an article from ABC.com. Dun, 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 dun. At your service, my liege. The Brits are, you know, weighing in on this situation. A lot of people are talking about this. There's an article from BBC.com. Tears, shock, joy. Why viral Amabel, Alabama boat brawl matters. A violent brawl erupted on a boating dock in Montgomery on Saturday, and America hadn't stopped talking about it since, you know? In the days after, dozens of video recordings circulated on social media showing fists flying, a chair being slammed onto someone's head, and a man swimming toward the dock to join the fight. I saw that. That was crazy. Some dude, like, jumped off of a, I guess, a riverboat and swam over to the brawl to jump in. Pretty gangster. Some described it as the best fight I've ever seen, but the videos of the violent uproar have also struck a chord with black Americans who saw the fight, mostly divided, along racial lines, as emblematic of the country's racist past and a symbol for the ongoing fight for equal rights. The setting of the brawl made the moment more poignant for some. Montgomery, Alabama is known to be the birthplace of the civil rights movement the name given to the battle of racial equality in the U.S., which, in some eyes, has not ended. In short, I cried, said Candace Anderson, whoever that is. My tears were of grief. This is a grieving process. These are tears that our grandparents weren't able to cry. Though she was not there to witness the incident, when it happened, she was at the scene earlier that day. I mean, I guess that's how dramatic the situation was. If you'll allow me to interject a moment, this person, Candace Anderson, in short, I cried. That's her quotation. In short, I cried. She cried. Yet she wasn't even there to witness it. I mean, who am I to judge another person's emotions? It's either quite a powerful situation 
or just something completely overblown and ridiculous, causing a person to cry over something that she didn't even witness. I mean, you'll have to be the judge for yourself, though I will comment later on. Let me continue. Along with a dozen other women, she had gone to the dock to drop rose petals in the water to honor our ancestors. Well, that's a bit much. The path that we walked to the waterfront just a block away was the path to our enslaved ancestors walked, brought into Montgomery in chains, she said. We cannot ignore the history, the ground in which this took place. So I guess this woman, she went and dropped rose petals in the water as a symbol because I guess the boat dock, I guess some people say historically was the site where a lot of slaves first came to America in chains. So I guess they went and dropped rose petals in the water as a symbol of, I don't know, solidarity to these uh, slaves, ancestors. It's a bit much. I mean, you may or may not know Jonathan Ramchand on the podcast here. I'm pretty much in the belief that we live in a world of cynicism, motivated by self-interest. Nobody really cares. Who cares about black people? Black people. People. Who cares about Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter and, and activists. Who cares about white people? White people. Who cares about the cops? The cops. Everybody's self-interested. Everything's self-motivated. And if somebody tells it, tells you that they love you or they're fighting for your equality or they're fighting for your rights, they're full of shit. It's to get a pat on the back and to use you as their useful dummy. Generally speaking, nobody loves anybody. I mean, that's pretty obvious. The only thing, the only color that really matters in this world is cha-ching! The color of money. Them green skins, boy. If you're an American, that's the only color that matters in America. It's green. But let me continue. What happened? The man seen receiving the first blow was a black man who, in the words of Montgomery Police Chief Daryl Albert, was simply doing his job. Damien Pickett was a co-captain of the Harriet Two. Harriet Tub Tubboat Tubman. The Harriet 2? The Harriet 2? Was that a tugboat? Tugboat Tubman? Harriet 2? Corny little joke. Let me continue. Damien Pickett was a co-captain of the Harriet 2, a riverboat carrying over 200 passengers that needed to dock but couldn't. Needed to dock but couldn't. A much smaller pontoon boat was wrongfully docked in the Harriet 2's designated space. The occupiers of the pontoon boat were white men. Instead of moving their pontoon, they decided to hit Mr. Pickett. But before police could arrive and quell the violence, chaos erupted. Roughly two dozen people had joined the fight. Three men and one woman were, have, been, have turned themselves in after arrest warrants were issued by the Montgomery Police Department and have been charged with assault. A fifth person, a man seen wielding a chair in the video, has been called in by police for questioning.
Montgomery police so far have said they do not believe the incident was racially motivated. No hate crime charges or riot charges are expected, although the investigation is ongoing. Court documents show that an eyewitness, a white mother of a teenage boy working al alongside the co-captain, reported hearing the men use racial slurs moments before launching the attack. And yada 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 yada. That's what happened. The rest of the article is um, conjecture and opinion. So, I mean, those are the facts. This uh, boat co-captain, uh, Damien Pickett, he was a co-captain of the Harriet II riverboat carrying over 200 passengers. A much smaller pontoon boat was wrongfully docked in the Harriet II's designated space. The occupiers of the pontoon boat were white men, and instead of moving their pontoon, they decided to hit Mr. Pickett. Violence erupted. Roughly two dozen people joined the fight. Three men and one woman have been arrested. They've turned themselves in. A fifth person, a man seen wielding a chair in the video, has been called in by police. Montgomery police so far have said they do not believe the incident was racially motivated. No hate crime related charges or riot charges are expected, although the investigation is ongoing. Court documents show that an eyewitness, the white mother of a teenage boy working al alongside the co-captain, reported hearing the men use racial slurs moments before launching the attack. And if you watch the video, I mean, there's a quick screen grab of it. If you watch the video, um, yeah, it's like, though it's obviously not captured from start to finish, the argument that ensued quite obvious from the clip of the video there's a group of men these white men on the platoon boat they're arguing with the co-captain they won't move their boat the black co-captain is arguing with the white pontoon guest and as they're arguing this other white man just walks up and or rushes up rather, runs up and clocks Damien Pickett, the co-captain of the riverboat, comes and clocks him in the face. And it's quite obvious too because, hey, you know what it's like when you're in an argument. People run their mouth, people are worked up and heated up. But if you see in the video, the boat's co-captain, Damien Pickett, He's arguing with one of the pontoon guests. They're arguing. And um, they're kind of like arguing with each other, but they both seem relatively at ease. Like they both seem like, I'm going to yell. Now, it's, now I'm going to yell. It, it seemed fairly civil. Fairly civil up until the point when that one dude rushes up and 
hits Damian Pickett. Now, what did Damian Pickett do? Did he make insults towards the guy who punched him? Did he egg the guy on? Was he like, come on, motherfucker, come on, do something, hit me? Like, was he calling the guy on? Like, yo, come on, let's do this. You want to fucking do this? Like, what was he saying? I doubt he was saying anything like that because he was a working professional. He's a riverboat co-captain. That's got to be a fairly skilled job. He's a working professional. Yeah, he may have lost his temper, but... I mean, yeah, he may have been arguing, but I doubt he was trying to take the situation beyond an argument. Sure, he was just arguing his point, and yo, guys, get out of here, move, let me dock the boat. Though I don't know. Yeah, the investigation's ongoing. All I do know is that, from the video footage, it seemed just like a type of argument you would see on the street. Nothing too uncommon. You're walking down the street, you see two guys arguing. It looked just like a basic argument. Two dudes arguing, and then the one dude, this one white guy from the pontoon boat, rushes up and <laughs> sucker punches Damien Pickett. Then the brawl ensues. They say it's not racially motivated, and I do agree with that to an extent. Now here's the thing. This is something I'm learning as a Christian man and as a man seeking to overcome in his life. Um, some of the things that I've picked up along the way, some of the things that I've learned for myself, some of the things I've heard others say, which has, you know, enlightened me. I heard someone say that if you hate one, you hate them all. I heard somebody say that. So if you hate one, you hate them all. And if you're an angry person, then you're pretty much angry at anyone. Because, yeah, perhaps it hasn't been verified, but perhaps there was racial overtones. The mother of a teenage boy working alongside the co-captain heard the men using racial slurs. So yeah, they're upset, they're angry, their pride's being hurt, they're telling us to move, they're telling us to move our boat, their pride gets hurt, they swell up, they get angry and impatient, and then when you're angry and impatient, you often go for the jugular, go for the throat. If it's a gay person, you're a, you know, they'll use a racial slur against you, you're a, mm, because I'm mad at you, gay, you, that gay person, Ugh, they say that. Or if it's a woman, that stupid bitch, or that stupid or that stupid um, whatever. They're going to use whatever they can because they're angry and they're in a state of impatience and anger. They're overtooken by an anger, hateful spirit. So yeah, oh that fuck that whatever. It could have been an Asian guy. Yo, fuck that C word. Fuck that or it could have been an Irish person. Oh, that fucking stupid drunken Or you stupid Scotsman or you fucking dirty Like, whatever the fuck, you dumb Like, people just say shit when they're angry. Right? And if you see in the video, um, the dude, he actually wound up and punched a teenage boy. There's a little teenage boy. He, he's obviously a teenager. And he, he gets in there and he tries to calm everybody down. He's like, hey guys, stop, da 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 da. 
and the same dude that punched the black guy, the white guy that punched the black guy, um, gives an underhand and gives guy like a little jab to the gut, punches the punches the teenager in the stomach. And the teenager was a white guy, a white kid. So like when you're an angry, hateful person, it doesn't matter what the situation situation is, you just hate everybody. Is the point I'm trying to say. And how I see it is, yeah, they probably had racial undertones, but when you strip it all down and it comes down to it, if you hate one, you hate them all. So if, you, if you're able to be so excited that someone asking you to move, even when you're in the wrong, you know, you're obviously docked in the wrong spot, and you're gonna fly off the tap, you're gonna fly off the handle, get angry, and start hitting people. If you're that so easily unhinged, then you hate everybody. You're just angry and you hate everyone. That's any excuse for you to unleash your anger. And as a black man myself, um, I don't want anybody to love me that doesn't want to love me. If people want to dislike me for the color of my skin, they have the right to. They have every right to hate me. They have the right to hate me if they want to hate me. And I hope they find their way to inner peace. But I mean, it's not the way through hate and anger and impatience. You're just not going to get there. You're not going to get to a place of peace and love, Christ's love. You're not going to get, you're not going to find your way to Christ's love. Love your neighbors, you love yourself by holding these petty grievances. I hate that. I hate that feminist. I hate that uh, straight white male. I hate that black guy. Look at him with his gold chain. Uh, I hate that Asian dude. Oh, you cheap, cheapskate motherfucker. Buying up fucking property in countries abroad. Fuck those Asians. Oh, you stupid drunk Indian. I hate natives. Oh, I hate Scottish people. You kilt wearing dorks with your fucking bagpipes. Fucking eat it, buddy. Like, there's always an excuse to hate somebody if you're looking for it. And if you hate one, you hate them all. That's something I learned. That's something I heard somebody say, and it totally makes sense. I see that for myself as I seek a path of Christ love. So whatever happened in Montgomery, Alabama, the video clearly shows it. It's just like angry, impatient people, ego, Perhaps alcohol, drugs and alcohol, they're on a boat, perhaps they had a few drinks, perhaps they smoked a little, perhaps they smoked a little greenery, perhaps they're a little tipsy, their egos, they're yelling, they're screaming. The dock worker, perhaps he's stressed out, he's yelling, he's screaming. Um, the only thing I will say was, um, from what I could tell at the moment, the white man or just call him a man, he just so happens to be white, the dude who punched the dock, the co-captain, the pontoon guest who punched the dock captain, he, from what I can tell, was 100% in the wrong. Because he just flew up and punched the guy, sucker punched the guy in the face, and um, he, he, he started the whole thing. He physically escalated the whole situation. It didn't seem that it had to go beyond a verbal argument. It just seemed like a 
typical verbal argument that could have been avoided had it not been for that one moron who came in through that sucker punch. It was actually kind of a bitch throw too. I mean, like, it was kind of like, it wasn't even really a punch. It was kind of like a overhanded, it was kind of like a hammer fist slap. It was like, a, you know, he, he kind of threw his arm and swung his fist. It wasn't even really a punch. You know, it just, it was kind of a shitty, kind of a shitty little, I guess it was technically a punch. It was kind of a little weak punch and uh, didn't even really seem like it connected. And some people were talking online, it was kind of funny. The boat captain, he straightens up and he, he takes his hat off and he throws it up in the air like, it's on, motherfucker. And, yo, he held him, he held his own pretty good. He, surprisingly, after getting sucker punched and then attacked by several men, there was a scuffle that lasted for like maybe 20, 30 seconds before help came. And uh, there was this one tall black guy that uh, got in there and, hey, guys, stop, stop, stop. And... He didn't, he, he wasn't violent. He just tried to break everything up and, you know, God bless people like that because in this day and age, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know, people are so crazy and angry. Somebody might have a knife, you might get stabbed. It's an escalating situation. I might verbally, I would get verbally involved. I would try to calm the situation down by standing back and saying, Hey everyone, stop, the police are on the way. Stop, the police are on the way. Clear up, disband, stop. I would I would try to de-escalate, but I don't know if I would get right in the middle of that. Because you never know, man, those people are out of their mind. Angry, you might wind up getting stabbed or shot just for trying to be a peacemaker. But I mean, hey, that one dude, God bless him, tall black guy, he gets in there and try to separate and calm everybody down. And the situation really wouldn't have gone that far had it not been for that one pontoon guest who walked up and threw that little bitch-ass punch. It was kind of a bitch punch, to be honest. And I, while I was watching that, I was like, oh, wow, because... I mean, hey, it's easy to say what you would do when you oversee a fight. But, I mean, I was analyzing the fight a little bit, and I was like, oh, I would have... It was a street brawl. So the guy was in flip-flops. I would have known that for sure. The man's in flip-flops. You don't fight in flip-flops, boy. Right? So I would have stomped on the guy's foot. I would have done whatever I had to in that moment. The dock captain, he, he went for the guy's throat. He grabbed the guy's neck and was pushing it back. But I would have stomped on his foot, maybe kicked him in the balls. I mean, it's a street fight. I mean, you got sucker punched. You got a dirty sucker punch. So you got to even the score a bit. I would have stomped on the guy's foot, maybe hit him in the nuts, threw a punch, you know? But, um, yo, if you're getting sucker punched in a street fight, you know? But he held his own pretty good. So, I don't know. In summation, if you hate one, you hate them all. And it seemed like an ego-tripping, angry, impatient situation. There may have been racial overtones, but basically, when you hate anybody, you basically hate yourself, and you hate every and you hate everyone. You hate one person, you hate them, hate them all. Like that same dude that might have been hating on that black co-captain of the riverboat. He might have been calling him racial slurs, but hey, his own children. If his own children disobey him, next thing you know, you're an ungrateful, stupid child. You ruined my life. I wish I never had you. Blah blah blah. 
when people get mad, they will, they often say things of complete evil, evil, foul, ungodly things often come out of a person's mouth when they're angry. So I just saw the situation that way. Though the investigation is ongoing. We'll have to wait and see. Yes. And before I get out of here, you know, if you're new to the show, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, oh hell, maybe you surmised. I am an actor, stand-up comedian, performer, extraordinaire. Performer of the bone, ladies and gentlemen. Damn proud of it. Um, yeah, I've been working on some upgrades. Up in my game in the uh, podcasting world. Got a couple of projects underway. And I'll be able to share that with you very soon. Um, got some upgrades to the podcast that are on the way. I'm going to be able to share that with y'all very soon. I'm back in action, physically. I was suffering from a... Uh, <laughs> I hurt my heel. Hurt the heel of my left foot, my ankle and my heel. I was riding on a kick scooter, you know those kick scooters? And um, I guess I jumped off it too quickly. And the, and the board, the board of the kick scooter hit my heel, cranked me in the heel, and ah, it hurt. It was a bruised up heel. Bad, deep bruise I had on my heel. I was hobbling and hopping around for like a month and a half, like almost two months. And I couldn't really go jogging and do the physical activities that I want to, and I was often in pain. But one thing I noticed was um, when you're trying to heal, just go through the process, try to, try to do what's the healthiest, try to do the best you can for yourself, address the situation, try to be as healthy as possible, optimistic, don't think, don't worry, don't moan about it, and pretty soon you overcome. You know, I was pretty, like, even though I was somewhat, I had, you know, it was kind of aggravating, I didn't think about it. I didn't dwell on it. It's only in hindsight that I see now that, oh yeah, that was kind of a tough time. But I really didn't think about it. I just kept going forward and here I am, healed, overcome, happy, hallelujah, and hoping to get some use out of this August get outside, hike, jog, have some fun. So, very much looking forward to that. And if that's a little bit of health advice, you know, take it, you know, like, sometimes you gotta overcome your situations and just don't be angry about it, don't mope about it, just do what you can. And you know, the body is very resilient and it will respond accordingly if you treat it right. That's a little Zen Eastern medicine for ya. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Yeah. Well, that about does it for another episode of Jonathan Ramtra and the podcast. Certainly enjoyed speaking with y'all this evening. Till next time, folks. Hallelujah.
Joe Chocobody. Guess who? Jonathan James Ventron. Signing off from duty on this magnificent August 12th in the year of our Lord 2023. Trudeau divorce. All the best to you, buddy. Montgomery River Boat Brawl. If you hate one, you hate them all. Summer 2023, August. Let's get it. The show's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, my website, jonathan-ramtrack.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gigs, kavahs, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You win it. You love it. You realize it.